Hey, uh, how's it going, everybody? Uh, it's your boy, Joe Esquivel. Oh, shit, he spiced it up. Back at it again in this bizzle, dizzle, uh, frizzle, my nizzle. Thank you very much. Have a good night. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, another episode of the podcast. Uh, a lot has happened to me recently. Uh, I know nobody, nobody cares. Nobody cares about my life. Nobody cares about poor Joe. He's so sad. Joey's sad. Sad Joe. They call me Joey Jokes. Because my life is sad, so I gotta make jokes about it. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. Life has been going great. Uh, I've been I've been really busy lately. Been on a lot of shows. Uh, having I've been going through like uh, drought writing wise. I've been having like a, a writer's block. It, it kind of sucks, but it's also good because I've been living my life. You know, I've been I've been doing things. I've been going out here. I got a I got a second job. Working at a bar again. That's that's gonna be fun. You know, I miss uh, I miss working at bars. You know, I used to work at a at a cocktail bar downtown, and it was a fancy cocktail bar. It was a it was a different type of clientele than what I was used to because I used to work at a I guess it was like a dive bar almost for a while, and I was a door guy there. But I also did like some bar back work on the side, and then I moved over to the fancy cocktail bar. Ooh, and uh, that was that was fun. That was fun. I, I learned a lot about mixing drinks. I learned a lot about working and hustling, like moving nonstop and stuff like that. And I liked it. Also, I was talking to the patrons there. And I liked having conversations with people. That's that's the, that's when I first started talking to people and realizing that I was actually funny in conversations. You know? Because what I would do is what I would, uh, when it was like slow, is I would just talk to people that were there. And I would just make them laugh. And they were having a great time, and I was having a great time because I just had, I just wanted the attention, you know. <laughs> Being a stand-up comic, you just want the attention from everybody. But yeah, that was that was fun. I liked that a lot, and uh, I don't know. It was a different kind of experience, but like I was uh, I was cool with it, you know. Like I like conversations because you get to learn about people. I like I like learning about people, like the way they talk what they're saying, how they're saying it, you know, their body language, uh, infliction of voice, sarcasm. Like when I was younger, I, I didn't really get sarcasm that well. So when somebody said something, I always took it as like a fact. As like, uh, yeah, you know, like uh, my penis is inside out. And it's like, oh, shit, really? Oh, you got an inside out penis? <laughs> you got to get that look, dog. <laughs> Were you born that way? <laughs> Nah, but yeah, like somebody would just tell me something, I would just take it as fact. I was a, I was very naive. I was a very naive kid. Uh, I mean, I, I, I have this joke now that I tell on stage. It's a, uh, it's a personal thing. It's like uh, talks about whenever you're at a bar late at night and you're having a great conversation, but then the bar's closing, so everybody's saying goodbye. There's always one person that always ends up saying, "Hey, text me when you get home." Now, I. Do it because I'm a good person, because I want them to know that I got home safe. But 
Most of the time, I don't because I am too drunk and too high to remember to text them. Like, I, after I get out of the bar, I'm like, I got to go get some food. So I'll go to Whataburger or Jack in a Box or I'll come home and I make something. Or, like, I'll go to an after-hours place, grab another drink or whatever. Like, I'm not thinking about, oh, yeah, I got to go te- I gotta text that person. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta, no, yeah, that, that person's waiting on me. They're waiting on me. <laughs> they can't go to sleep until they get my I got home text, you know? <laughs> they're, they're not thinking that. They're just like, they also the other person just saying it because they're trying to be nice, too. They're like, uh, it's probably like, oh, if I don't say this, then they're probably going to crash and die. <laughs> when they get home, <laughs> has somebody ever died? And then after that person's died, like the other person that was their friend is thinking, "Damn, if only I would have told him to text me when he got home." <laughs> it's, a, it's like a dumb thing, man. I don't know. No, but yeah, like I, I, okay, just I asked me to do it, but if I don't do it, I, I, I would hope that people wouldn't get mad. I would hope they'd be like, okay, he didn't text me, whatever. He probably just forgot, which is most likely what happens all the time is I forget. Like, I just forget to do stuff sometimes when I get home. Like, I'm always on on my head. I'm in my own head. I'm thinking about the things that I got to do next. I'm thinking about, like, you know, my business and, and shows and jokes and stuff like that. I'm not thinking about, like, texting you back. But, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. So uh, life, life is uh, life has been weird lately. COVID is going away. Well, COVID's still here, but everything's dying down. People are getting the vaccine. I just got my vaccine last Tuesday. Uh, that was a that was a weird experience because after I got the shot, for the next like three days, my arm was hurting, and for the next four days, five days maybe, I was feeling a lot of fatigue. I was very tired and groggy, and I just couldn't like. Uh, function very well which i i kind of like understood was gonna happen but like because i got the moderna vaccine but i also got covid recently too uh during the freeze so i thought that because i had covid because i already had the antibodies it wouldn't affect me that much but oh well whatever happened happened i feel i feel okay now i feel uh, yeah i feel kind of good but uh we'll see we will we will see what happened. What will happen? I don't know, but we will see. Really big sure. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Uh what else? What else? You know, life uh life is tough. Life is always tough. I've been struggling with money right now. Uh specifically cuz I got I owe, I owe a lot of money to a lot of people. Now what do I mean by that? Creditors are a bitch. You know, building credit is always tough. But like when you're a kid, well, when you're a young adult and you don't know how to build credit and you like you see a credit card and it's like, oh, free money. You just take that. You just go buy stuff and you're just like, "Ah, I'll pay it off later. Right. But you don't really think about the consequences. Like when I was in my mid 20s, I guess early, early mid 20s, I took this credit building course. Now, the credit building course was for more for like early homeowners like people who haven't bought homes for the first time so they have to take that course to uh, be able to go to the bank and be like hey i took this course can we uh start applying for loans so we can buy a house and stuff like that i didn't know that like because there was another step i took i took the credit building course and then uh there were like four sessions of it i took three sessions and then the last session was the home 
buyer's thing, but I, I was just like, ah, I'm not going to buy a home. It just like, you know what? I, I wish I would have taken it, but then I'm like, eh, who the hell cares? You know, <laughs> I'm not buying a home anytime soon. <laughs> I'm going to be a stand-up comic. I'm going to go from place to place. I'm not really going to buy a home right now. But then I'm gonna, I, I know I'm going to do that course later on. I'm gonna be like, you know what? I got the first three sessions. I, I got those down. And then the fourth one is just going to kill me. <laughs> That's always what happens. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, building credit was tough. But uh, I'm learning now. Uh, I've like gotten my credit. My credit's been like up and down for the past while. But like I, uh, with this new job, I'm going to start building my credit even better. And I'm going to get it back to where it used to be. Like seven six fifty seven hundred, so yeah, we're, we're almost there. We're we getting there, baby. We we in this. We in this. We always in this. We're never gonna stop being in this. Uh, what else is going on with me? Relationships are hard. Yeah, that sounds like a stand-up bit. <laughs> yeah, you know the weird thing about relationships—they're hard. You know, no, no, it's tough. Like uh, building a relationship, meeting a person, uh, a stranger, somebody you've never met before. You know, uh, trying to build a relationship, have a conversation, build rapport. Cobell rapport. I don't know. But yeah, like uh, it, it's it's hard. It, it, it is very hard. Like I, I, I meet women all the time. And my first instinct isn't like that whole adage of, oh, she's talking to me. She wants the D. That's that's not that's never what I'm thinking. I'm always thinking like, oh, she's talking to me. What the hell do I say? You know, <laughs> I'm always in my head. I'm always in my head about it. And like, yeah, sure. Uh, the physical is very important, just as as, long, as much as the emotional and the intellect. Shuo. Oh, but like, there, there's all that. There's that balance that you have to have because like uh, everybody's looking for something different. Not everybody's looking for the same thing. And whatever you have right now, you, you have to just, just realize it's like, okay, I'm with this person right now. Are we a good match? You know? Is she helping me? Or are they helping me? Yeah, because it's pronouns. You have your pronouns. It's, it's not non binary, you know? Non binary. Just go up to somebody and just like, hey, what are you non binary? Like, what did you just call me? It's like, it's like a curse word now. <laughs> It's like, whoa, I didn't mean it like that. You know, it's uh, not by Nara. You know? <laughs> stupid. <laughs> oh, it's stupid. Yeah. But like, uh, yeah, like, it's, it's hard when you're trying to build a life with a person. Like, I, I've never, I've never been in love. I don't know what love is, you know? I. I think I think it's funny. Like I was walking down uh, my neighborhood one day, and I see this like mailbox, but it's not a mailbox; it's like a book box. And people just leave books there for other people to read. And you can, anybody can go up and grab one. So I grabbed two books. Right, the first book was by Vince Lombardi, and it's is uh, titled "How to Be a Leader." Right. So I was like, "Oh, okay. I want to be. I want to be more." more confident i want people to see me in a different light and stuff like that so let me read this book and the other one was if this is love then why am i so insecure and i was like that's the perfect that's the perfect reflection of me like wanting to be very confident but also very insecure at the same time you know and it's true like i've always been insecure but i think that this is like being a person i think everybody's insecure in their own ways it's just the amount of insecurity that you have 
is what messes you up sometimes. But yeah, like I, I like talking to women. I like having conversations. I am more inclined for the intellectual conversation than I am the emotional. But it's 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 everything too. Like they also got to be pretty. <laughs> they have to be good looking. <laughs> And it, I know flip side of the coin, I have to be good looking too. That's why I'm like working out and trying to read more and eating healthy and stuff like that, working on myself because why the hell am I trying to go after somebody who is taking care of themselves if I'm not going to do that work myself? You know, that's the most important thing is like, what are you doing to get made better yourself? Uh, yeah, like uh, it's a, it's a weird thing. Life is weird. Life is tough. Life is wild. I, I've been I've been saying that for the freaking longest time on stage. It's like I don't know if it's a take or something, but I'll, every freaking time I always go like, "Life is wild, man. <laughs> life is wild. You know, my life is wild. I was a frame it of my life, and it's like, yeah, sure, my life is wild, and I, there have been some crazy ass things that have happened in it, but like, I, I think everybody has something wild about their life or themselves and it's just like why that's another thing about stand up comments like, why am I so important? Why why am I talking about this on stage? Why am I trying to be funny? Why am I trying to get me out on there and out to these people? It's like, do they really care? It's like more often than not they don't, but I'm trying to find a way to compel them to listen. It's like do people really want to listen to me? Do people want to really listen to the jokes? Or do people just want to be entertained for However amount of time I'm on stage. That's what that's, that's what I keep thinking all the time. It's like, do they really care? It's like, eh, probably not. Probably not. I don't I don't think somebody would care to listen to another person for that long either. Like, you gotta be funny. First and foremost, be funny. I think that's another thing. Uh number two, be original. Uh, have well thought out premises, have, have go somewhere. Don't just go up there with like half ass premises and just be like you know what i'll figure it out <laughs> i've done that many times but i've gone on stage and be like well i know this, this is a half-ass premise but i think i can figure it out no, like I, 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 i'll just go up there and be like you know what it's it's gonna happen it's gonna happen something's gonna come out i'm just gonna say something and it's gonna pop and i'll just be able to be like write that down <laughs> Every time I get on stage, I just tell myself, write that down. Don't forget to write that down, you know. That's a crazy thing. I don't know. Like, uh, what else? What else? What else? Uh, oh, my car got repossessed <laughs> recently. <laughs> that was fun. Like, uh, I was driving home. Uh, like, okay. Uh, let me preface this. Okay. I haven't, I was, I didn't pay my car note for like three months, right? And on the third month, it was like a week almost a week and a half later, like nine days later. Right. And I was like, okay, I'm about to get my stimulus check. I'm going to pay the three months that I owe. I'll be okay. So I go out drinking one night, uh, drive home and get home safe, you know, cause I, I, I look drinking and driving is bad, but sometimes it's a challenge for me. I don't know. Sometimes I just want to be like, you know what? I think I can make it. I know I've had like seven shots, four beers, and two hits of a bowl, but I think I can make it, you know? <laughs> so I go home, 
I go to sleep, wake up the next day, get ready for work, wake up the next day, get ready for work, shower, brush my teeth, da da da, put my clothes on, walk outside, and then my car is gone. And at that moment, I'm like, did I imagine driving home last night? Like, what the fuck just happened? Like, my car wasn't there, so I just got scared. But then the next thing that popped in my head was like, oh, I haven't paid my car for three months. They repossessed it. I know that. And then I called the repossession office, and they were like, yeah, we got your car, bro. <laughs> that was that was wild. So uh, stimulus hit the next fucking, the next day. The stimulus hit the next day. So if I would have hid my car somewhere, if I would have hid my car for like, you know, like the following week, I would have paid off the the freaking the three months and I would have been okay. But that's what God do, you know. <laughs> God, God has a plan for us all, and His plan for me was to learn my fucking lesson, which I still haven't because I am two months behind now. <laughs> but I just got a second job, so I'm you know working my ass off right now just to get this shit back. I'll make a make a penny. I'll make a penny soon, you know. Your boy, your boy, your boy's gonna come back soon. I don't know, maybe, maybe not. I might have to get my car repossessed again just to learn. You know, strike two, strike two. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pay that back. But yeah, like money, money's always been an issue for me. Coming, coming from a low economic status, like coming from the hood, growing up in Ailey, my mom wasn't good with money. My dad was good with money. Dad was always good with money, but my dad wasn't around that much. So I learned how to take care of bills and stuff for my mom. And she wasted every freaking thing. And I've been doing that too. So I'm, I'm learning how to budget, you know, budgeting. I've been looking at my bills and stuff. I've been looking at my expenses. I've been looking at my, uh, my checks and seeing like where my money is going. It's going to food. <laughs> it's, it's a lot of food. <laughs> A lot of fast food, a lot of restaurants, uh, a lot of bars. But I have cut down on the drinking, cut down going out, and I've been working on my writing, you know, because that's the most important thing. I've been going on stage sober again. Let's <laughs> see again. Yeah, that was that was a weird thing. Like when I first started comedy for like the first maybe year and a half, almost two years, I would always have a drink before I went up. Because I was so nervous. Like, when I first started comedy, I was terrible. I would go on stage. I would mumble. I, I didn't know what I was talking about. I didn't know what I was saying. I was just trying to build up my confidence. It was, just, it was bad. And after, like, a year and a half, almost two years, uh, I had a set. I, I started doing better. I started, like, you know, I, I finally was getting the hang of it, getting getting like the the cadence and how to say a joke and stuff like that, how to write better. Like it started working out, and I was at the improv. They had a open mic night on a Tuesday. Put my name down on the list, and I was just like, okay, I have been going on with a drink, but why? I didn't drink that night, but the reason is because I couldn't afford to buy a drink because <laughs> I wasted my money on food. <laughs> so I I was just like, all right, I guess I can't drink tonight. I'll just go on stage and I'll do my thing. So I go on stage, jokes work and they're hidden, blah, 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 this, blah, 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 that. I get to the last joke uh, and it was a huge applause break. And I was like, that was the first time I ever got an applause break and at the improv. Because that was a weird feeling because I was so used to doing bar shows. 
Like doing shows at a comedy club is a way different feeling than doing shows at a bar because at a comedy club, they're expecting to laugh. They're ready to laugh. They want to laugh. At bar shows sometimes, you're just bombarding them with comedy. It's like, all right, guys, we, we, we're going to start a comedy show. Everybody comes sit down. Hey, buddy, I know you're in the corner drinking and being sad, but come to the front right now. I want to see your face. You know? And it's just, it's just a, a different environment. I don't know. And, like, after getting that first applause break, I, I kind of didn't know what to do. I was kind of I, – I, I was watching YouTube videos of other comedians, and they were like, hey, if there's an applause break – just hold the attitude or stop yourself and just pause right then and there and just wait for them to stop and then keep going with what you were doing. So I did that and it worked out. And I was, I was like, so it was a weird experience for me because me experiencing an applause break for the first time, me having a good set at the improv, uh, which is a comedy club. I was just like, okay, I guess I got something now. That was also the first time where I like, I started accepting, Oh, okay. I guess I am funny. Because for the longest time, uh, I, I didn't think I was funny. And people were telling me I, was, I wasn't funny. Everybody told me I was terrible. Everybody told me I should quit. But for some reason, I didn't want to stop. And I was I don't know why. It was, it was, I guess it was this thought in my head or this idea, this, this delusion maybe that I, like, I thought I had something. I, I was always like, I know I have something. I have something in me. It, it needs to get out. So, yeah, like that, I guess it it, it happened. It worked. Because then I remember I went back to the improv second time. Once again, applause break. Once again, I had a good set. So I was just like, okay, the first time wasn't a fluke. You know? Uh, I remember the first time I actually had a good five-minute set. Like, whole five minutes have, were good. It was at uh, PJ's on Wall near uh, Montrose. And that was a weird experience because the first time that happened, I got off stage and my first thought, it was an out of body experience. I was like, what the hell just happened? Like, that was not me up there. Was it like, who was that guy? Then I go downstairs and I, I get audience members coming up to me going like, Hey man, you're really funny. You had a great set. Da da this, da da that. And I was just like, why are you lying to me? <laughs> that guy wasn't me that was somebody else you know and that kind of that kind of freaked me the hell out then what happened at the improv i was just like okay i guess I the confidence started building up and i was like oh okay cool i guess i, I it is true i guess I, I do have some funny stuff and then i remember the first time i like demolished the room it was like about two years in two and a half maybe it was uh it was a it was a crazy night because I I was doing a show at Axelrad. I went to go do a show at Axelrad. I opened up at Axelrad for uh, two great comics in Houston, Jeff Joe and Robert Turo. Uh, they gave me the chance to open up. I went up there. I parked I parked on the side of the street, uh, close to the front of the door on Axelrad, on uh, West Alabama, I think. And went upstairs, got a drink. Yes, I was I was drinking this time. <laughs> I got a drink uh, just to relax because I was really nervous. Uh, so they called me on stage. They were like, hey, man, you're going to go up first. I was like, all right, bet. Cool, I got this. I relax a little bit, go on stage. And I'm doing great. I got, I'm, I'm, my jokes are hitting. 
I'm in the moment. I'm making people laugh. Da 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 this, da 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 that. And I'm like, all right, cool. I had a good set. I get off. Another comic comes up to me. They were like, hey man, great set. So I was like, all right, cool. Then I go downstairs, I get in my car, start the car up. But the thing is, like, it was cold outside, so I didn't have the uh, the AC on. I had the heater on. So the moment I started my car, I was like, God dang, how, why is it so cold in this car right now? And I looked to my right, and the back right passenger window is broken. It's broken. There's glass all over the seat. And I'm like, oh, crap. Then I reached to the back of my seat, and my laptop bag is missing. And then I'm like, ah, no. And I didn't have time to file a police report or do anything about it because I had to go to another show. I had to do a comedy contest in Katy. So I'm near Third Ward and I have to get to Katy immediately because I got to go do a set over there because I'm on the list. So I'm like, all right, screw it. I just head straight to Katy, go to Katy Vibes, uh, go up there, do my set. Do good again. <laughs> Another surprise thing. Do good again because apparently uh, after that, I found out I made it to the next round on the comedy contest. I was like, okay, that's pretty good. So I make it to the next round. And then, but I get off stage, go to my car, and I'm like, what do I got to do now? So I head to Home Depot. I go buy uh, some tape and trash bags. So I cover up, oh no, I go to Walmart. I go to Walmart, I get some tape and trash bags. I cover up the window and I clean it up a little bit. And I'm like, oh crap, what the hell do I do now? Like now I'm sad because I don't have the money to pay for a brand new window. And also like my car just got broken into, my laptop is gone. All my, all my stuff is gone. Like all my personal information and stuff like that. And it was a shitty laptop. It was a shit. I've had that. I had that laptop for like maybe two, three years, and it, I had crumbs all over it. I was eating on it all the time. Like one of the buttons was missing. Like it was not worth stealing. Okay, and I'm pretty sure once that thief found the bag and inside, he was like, "I'm not gonna get anything for this." And I wish he would have just brought it back. But like, hey man, this ain't worth shit. Here, take it back. But yeah. So after that, I uh, like I said. I covered my window. I was feeling really sad. And I was like, God damn it. I feel like drinking right now. So I head over to secret group and this was on a Monday night and secret group had this show going on that, uh, Trey Tutson and uh, Debbie started called thought bubble. Now it was a cool show. It was a cool idea because it was just them going on stage, just talking about whatever the hell was on their mind. Uh, but I go up to Secret, I park, I get inside, I go grab a drink. Then I go to the uh, the green room where the comics are. And I see Trey. And he's like, Trey's like, what's up, Joe? Hey, man, you want to do some time? I was just like, what? Oh, okay, cool, whatever. So I'm waiting for my spot. The crowd's great. crowd's hot. Uh, Patrick Eady goes up, right? Patrick goes up. He does great. Jesse Payton toasts and he does, he does, you know, Jesse Payton does good. And then I go up. And I wasn't expecting anything from that show because it was a Monday night. People were drinking, people were having a good time. I was just like, okay, let me just tell some jokes and feel good about myself right now and get the hell out of here, right? So I'm up there and my jokes are hitting hard. And they're hitting hard to the point that people, I cannot tell a joke. I cannot finish a joke. Because people are laughing so hard at whatever is happening in front of them. 
and I'm in front of them and I just keep going and going and going. And I, I was supposed to do like maybe seven minutes. I ended up doing nine cause they couldn't stop laughing cause I couldn't get a joke out. <laughs> and that right there was the point in my career where I was just like, you know what? I think I can do this. I, that, it was that night. It was, I, I'm, I'm serious. It was that night. Probably like two years ago. I was, I was just like, you know what? I think I can do this. It was, it was wild. It was the best and worst thing. Best and worst night that happened to me. It was the worst night because I got my laptop stolen and my car broken into. But it was the best night because it finally established, in my mind, it established me as somebody who can do comedy. And I was, I was so proud. I was so happy. Like, but then I couldn't tell anybody. I was just like, well, the people that were in the room knew, but nobody else knew because nobody else was there that night. And I was just like, okay, I guess I got to keep doing what I'm doing and go out there and, and kill it and, and keep doing me. And that's, uh, that's, that's what I've been doing the whole time. I've been hustling. And there was this article that came out recently. Uh, somebody wrote about hustle culture. Now, hustle culture, the whole idea is like you keep doing like multiple spots a night, like five, four or five spots a night. You keep writing, keep doing it and you keep grinding like you keep going to the point of like overworking yourself. Now, that's a good and a bad thing. It's a good thing because you're going to get the reps. You're going to develop faster and you're going to your stage press is going to get better. Confidence is going to get better. You're going to get better. But then you're going to get to a point where you feel like you can't go on anymore like you overwork yourself and i me being of hispanic descent you know mexican i i overwork myself a lot and there comes to a point like every time it's like going on a binge basically you know i it's it's i i guess i I binge i binge alcohol i binge uh, weed I don't binge drugs anymore because I stopped doing that. You, know, you, gotta, you gotta choose one, okay? I, I choose weed and alcohol. My dad chose that. He's, he freaking he worked it. He worked the hell out of that. So <laughs> I think I'm just gonna do that for the rest of my life. I might I might not even do alcohol anymore. It's just a, it's getting to a point where I'm just like I'm tired of waking up hungover almost every night and just being like, okay, let's go back out and do this again, you know. Once more into the deep end, old friend. I don't know. But yeah, like, I, I, I guess overworking myself is, uh, or working is part of the addiction too. I guess, I guess this, this uh, comedy is part of an addiction for me, you know? It's, it's a weird thing because I just want to go out. I want to do spots. I want to do spots. I want to do spots. And it's gotten to a point now where if I don't do spots, I get an itch. I get an itch on, on my neck and on my face. And I'm just like, I gotta, I gotta, gotta do the comedy. I gotta make somebody laugh. And then uh, I'm at work. I, I, I'm at work and I start talking to people and I make them laugh. And I'm like, okay, the addiction has subsided for the moment, but it will build again, you know? And yeah, like, uh, but then I'm also to the point right now. Right now, I'm like, I've been taking a break. I've been taking a break and it's like a, it's like a mental break. Uh, taking a break from comedy, taking a break from like writing and stuff like that. Uh, and I've been feeling a lot better about myself and I've been starting to realize like, okay, what do I want to do? Do I just, Oh, here, here was the problem. Here's why the main reason why I stopped 
trying to get drunk before going on stage or buying a drink before going on stage because I had to realize it was like, hey, so what's more important to you? Are you do you want to drink or do you want to do comedy? And I'm not going to lie, the first maybe like month of going on stage sober freaking killed me. I, was, I, I reverted back to like the first six months of comedy. I was just like mumbling and stumbling and stuff like that. I was getting like scared and stuff. But then they came to a point where I was just like, it was kind of like muscle memory because yeah, sure. I was drinking, but I was also doing comedy the whole time. I was actually going up there and stuff like that. Then the muscle memory kicked in and I was just like, oh, okay, the jokes came back. My, my stage presence came back. Confidence came back and I talked to people or whatever. And yeah, everything just was like, it came back to where it was. And I was like, okay, cool. I guess I can do comedy sober. And then, yeah. And like I talked before, like I had a huge drug problem, I had a cocaine and pill problem, and that subsided. But like that's also a scary thing too. And I had to ask myself once again, hey, what do you want to do? Do you want to get high, or do you want to do comedy? So I stopped doing, I stopped getting high out so much, and I just like I smoke weed and I drink, but I've cut down on the drinking because I know that's a serious problem, and the weed too. But like. Everybody needs something, you know. I I feel like that's why, that's why that's why pedophiles diddle kids, you know. <laughs> Everybody needs something. <laughs> it's like I don't drink, I don't smoke, I don't do drugs. Might as well fuck kids, you know. <laughs> no, but really, like it's, everybody has something. It's like food. Food is food is another thing. Why do you think there's so many heavy people out there? You know, overweight people because that's that's their thing, that's their addiction, that's that's what they go to when they feel sad, when they feel angry, when they when they when they can't deal with their the the problems that are ha- happening in their everyday life, they go to the thing that makes them feel better. And yeah, but anyway, uh, when I overworked myself, everything comes around. I was also drinking more. I was also smoking more. So I stopped overworking myself, and that that cut down. You know, and I feel good. I feel good right now. I feel better than I have before. My mind is a little bit clearer, but uh, I guess the one the one reason why I drank so much and why I smoke so much is because my mind is constantly working, constantly. The wheels are always working in my head. It doesn't stop. Even when I'm sleeping, my wheels are turning, and like I feel like that's why when I wake up, some, even if I had like six, seven hours of sleep, I still wake up tired because my mind is constantly working even when I'm asleep. But yeah, like, and I'm always thinking about comedy every freaking hour of every freaking day, every minute, every minute of every day. Comedy is on my mind. And it's, 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 it's a, it's a I, I feel like it's a mental illness. I, I, I have, I've, I've thought about this many times. It's like, I, I'm crazy. I'm a crazy person. I am a literal crazy person because of the things that I say, the things that I do, the way that I act. No normal person is like this. Some of the stuff that I say is just out of line, and it, I find it hilarious. But if a normal person was around to, to hear me say this, they'd be like, oh, my God, he needs to be in a mental hospital, you know? But, yeah, that's, that's life, man. Don't don't overwork yourself. Don't de- Don't dive into your addictions all the time. And it's just like. Sometimes sobriety is the best thing for you. It clears your head and it helps you realize like what you're trying to do, where you're trying to go. Also, self-reflection is a big thing. 
and self-awareness. First of all, you have to be self-aware enough to the point where you see that you have a problem or that you're fucking up. And you need to self-reflect and and you need to self-reflect to understand, hey, this is what I was doing. This is what I need to change. And this is how I'm going to change it. And that's, uh, that's what I've been trying to do this whole time. You know? It's a, it's, 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 it's a work in progress. You know? I, I should, I should uh, make my first comedy special. I'll call it that. It's, it's a work in progress. I mean, these jokes might work. They might not. But this is the special that I came out with. You know? <laughs> like, I made a bet with a comic uh, a while ago. And it was like, all right. In year six, once you get to your six-year mark, uh, you got to have 45 minutes of material, right? And if you don't, you pay. I pay the other person $1,000. And that person's goal was uh, to hit 30 minutes in, in that same amount of time. I was like, all right, cool. And uh, I'm working towards that. I've been writing a lot. I've been working. I've been, I have been like working on the my material, like my, my current set, but I've been like, whittling it down little by little and it's been getting better and better it's like i'm understanding how to build an actual set now which is cool i'm also adding i've added some stuff that uh it's a bit different it's a bit personal i've I've, I've been talking about my mom lately but like it's a hard thing when you talk about personal uh, trauma traumatic events and people people feel a certain way but I think the fact that I'm talking about it means that I've gotten over it. I've been talking about my dad lately too. That's that's been fun. I've been talking about some crazy, crazy stories that have happened to us, and like it's 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 been a fun ride. I've been I've been very happy. I am I am happier now than I was a year ago, two years ago, five six years ago. Man, I'm a different person. I'm a different person. I can see it. I can hear it in my voice. I can I can. I can see it in the mirror. I can uh, the way people, you know, interact with me is different too. Like I, I I'm, uh, I get treated differently, and I think that's also with how you carry yourself too, because like I'm not uh, the same naive kid that I once was before. Now I'm an adult and I'm learning how to deal with life. I'm learning how to live life. I'm learning how to be an adult. That's a, that's a scary thing too. Like I, sometimes I still act like a kid. I still think like I'm a kid and stuff like that. But then I look in the mirror. I'm like, who the hell is this old guy? You know, I got white hairs everywhere. <laughs> and it scared the crap. I, I, dog, I thought my first white hair like a couple months ago. I started like yelling. I was like, I'm done. I'm done. This is it. It's over. All right, just shave it off. Get 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 it all out of here. Like I did, I, I cut it all off, and I was just like, I don't want to see this anymore. But now I'm growing it again, and now more white hairs have shown up, and I'm like, you know what? I'm not happy, but I can't afford a haircut. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's it's been a crazy, crazy, crazy time, and my life is wild, you know. But yeah, I'm still out here. I'm still doing it. Uh, man. I just started talking and I didn't even intro this thing. So I don't know. What uh I guess I guess I'm gonna start doing the the thing at the end. Uh but who's ever listening right now, thank you for listening. I am 
Joe Esquivel. And uh, yeah, if you want to follow me on Instagram and Twitter, it's the Joe Cosity at the Joe Cosity T H E J O E C O S I T Y. I'm also on Facebook as Joe Esquivel. Uh, uh, so this has been. It's been a minute. Comedy, life, love, you know. It's everything. It's not just a comedy podcast. It's just a podcast. Yeah. And uh, just to let y'all know, I also run an open mic every Sunday at Liberty Station. It's a good spot. It's called Who's Mic. It's an email sign-up. The email is libertystationopenmic at gmail.com. Definitely check that out. I uh, The list sign-up is from Tuesday through Thursday. From 12 p.m. to 12 a.m. So, if you want to sign up, you want to you haven't done comedy for the first time, come check it out. There's also drink specials that night. $2 beer for comics. So, if you sign up, just go up into the bar and be like, hey, I'll take the $2 beer. You know, just be very proud. It's, it's a good spot if you like the sauce. I'll tell you that. Happy meal. Make you really happy until you've had about seven of them, you know. <laughs> then you won't know how you're beginning home. Uh, we, I also run a show, a monthly show, first Thursday of every month. It's called Quick Fix. Uh, this next this next one is May 6th. It's at 8 p.m. Uh, who's Mike? 8 p.m. also. Uh, but this uh, Quick Fix is going to be a good one. You know, uh, I mean, I've already put the flyer up online, so I'll just tell you. I'll just call out the names. Uh, Grady Pruitt, Will Loden, Leah Sampson, Ben Daniels, Nathaniel Amador. Zayed Devji, and from Austin, Tyler Gross. So these are some really funny comics. I feel like Houston comedy isn't respected that much, but uh, it it will be one day. And if not, well, then you're Joe Rogan's in Austin, so your boy uh, is going to be leaving soon, you know? Nah, nah, I'm just kidding, you know. Houston, Houston, I love you. You know, you're, my, you're always going to be my first love. Don't worry. I ain't going nowhere. I ain't going nowhere. Please, don't leave me. Nah, but yeah, uh, definitely check those shows out. Also, if you like comedy, they got open mics and shows all throughout the week again. And uh, I appreciate you guys for listening. But guess what? It's been a minute.